0: In Bryan College Station, Texas It is a mint day outside And we have the okayest priest in all of the Pittsburgh area Coming back as co-host Father Anthony Leandro Sharapa. Padre, how are you, man? (laughs) I'm doing well It's not a bad uh, made-up Italian middle name it's not made up. That's your middle name. Stop trying to, to push that away.
1: Oh, okay. We'll go with that then. Sure.
0: What's, what's your middle name?
1: My middle name is Raphael, like the Ninja Turtle.
0: <laughs> the priest says Raphael the Ninja Turtle, not yeah. the archangel, not the, nope. not the great artist that Raphael the Ninja Turtle nope. was named after, nope. the Ninja Turtle. Exactly. Guys, if you have never met Father Anthony, it's because you live under a rock. Also, if you're just if you're just <laughs> meeting him, welcome back from above the rock, and also you just learned everything you ever need to know about him. Yep, just that's about now. it right there. <laughs> Yesterday, was a very special Sunday on the church's calendar, Father Anthony. What was what what did we celebrate yesterday?
1: Yesterday was the fourth Sunday in ordinary time. It was also the feast day of Saint Blaise, but we probably forgot about that because Sundays squash lesser feast days. Yeah, that was the only thing that happened yesterday.
0: More importantly, it was one of the greatest feast days. You know, St. Blaise is a lesser feast. Like, actually, at the Mass I went to, he wasn't forgotten. I got a blessing from my throat, which oh, I I, I always need that blessing. My throat hurts, and I don't know why. Like, I don't do much yelling. I'm, I'm not sure why my throat always hurts. But yeah. we got that blessing at the end of Mass. I liked how simple it was. Mm-hmm. It was like I, I. They were like, okay, today we're gonna do the special sending off blessing for the Mass of Saint Blaise. and like I don't have it word for word in front of me, but it was something like, or through the intercession of Saint Blaze, we ask that your throat feels better.
1: Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so, so actually, I did the same thing. So I, for the final blessing, I did that blessing. I also kind of also gave out a curse. So I was giving out the blessing at the end of Mass, and I realized that the pews were like half full in comparison to the beginning of Mass. Just a lot of people in this one parish I'm at, they always, always leave early. So I said to the people there, you guys get a blessing, and you will be healthy for the rest of flu season. Everyone who left early, they're all getting the flu tomorrow. That's how this <laughs> works. I gave a blessing, and I gave a curse. I and will
0: the send my curse upon you. <laughs> yep. You cursed all of the people. That's hilarious. Also, like, what did you say in your homily that made them all leave? I don't know. I talked
1: about uh, being a prophet and all that entails. And they were like, you know what? I'm s-. Maybe they were so excited to go accept their baptismal call as prophets. They had to just leave early and go prophesy and, and preach the good word of the Lord. Maybe that's why they left.
0: That's what it was. They, they had to go tell it on mountains. I have this thought recently, and mm-hmm. I need your help. I don't know. I haven't looked it up either, which means you haven't either. Okay. Is like going to tell it on a mountain... Like proclaiming something from that is that verbatim in scripture somewhere? Do you have any idea?
1: I'm sure it is.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: or proclaim on rooftops. Jesus says something about on the rooftops.
0: Okay, here's my theory. Rooftops okay, would okay, be great because, like, rooftops there are rooftops people. They rooftops yeah. like there. There's people there. Like, it's a great place to project your voice. I've always had a problem. With go tell it on the mountain, and like you could be mad at me if you find out that it's scriptural. Fine, whatever. I'll change my mind. But uh, look, so here's my position. I'm like that meme guy. I'm sitting at my table that says "Go tell on the mountains" is stupid. Change my mind, and I'm open to having my mind changed. But like, go tell on the mountains. No one is there. You're, you're just like Jesus is born, 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 born. Like no one, no one but lives what, there. But what if you yodel? If you yodel.
1: The word of the Lord from the mountain. That Go makes it tell
0: it on the mountain. Yeah. Is that yodeling? I'm not sure what yodeling is. Is that? Do I sound like the Walmart I kid? I
1: think that's Texas yodeling, what you just did.
0: Go tell it on the mountain. Uh, Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful on the
1: mountains are the feet of those you. who bring good news. Okay. So it's implied <laughs> that they're giving good news on the mountain there. that's as good as you're going to get from
0: me right now. Uh, What's really funny is that's as good as we're going to get. And you said it over me playing the, I will send a curse song again. So no one heard. you. So So what was that scripture again, Padre? Isaiah 52,
1: seven. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news.
0: Okay, that's fine. Like you can you can carry the good news from one side of the mountain to the other, where all the people live on the other side. So uh, you haven't sure. changed, you haven't changed my mind yet. But yeah. okay, so uh, what time was this mass? Do you have any idea?
1: I had a mass at eight o'clock and I had a mass at eleven o'clock a.m.
0: Okay, so it wasn't the great feast day that was the reason they were leaving. I, like Saint Blaise, the minor feast day, fourth yeah. Sunday ordinary time, minor feast day. It was the feast of the great Super Bowl yesterday.
1: Uh, <laughs> like, I knew that's where you were going with this, but I just didn't want to acknowledge it.
0: I love watching the pained faces of people when they know where I'm going, and they, mm-hmm. they have nothing that they can throw at me to stop me. <laughs> yeah,
1: I tried to, I, stopped, I tried to delay you with that story. I did everything I could. I Googled. You, about scripture and
0: Father Anthony Raphael Sharapa Googled scripture like that's oh, how man. far you went to try to derail exactly. my idea. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like I don't want to talk about the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> I-, I love the Super Bowl. I'm I'm a big I'm a big sports fan. Um, yeah. But uh, that game was uh, that game was quite boring.
1: <laughs> Lo- that's what I heard. That's what I saw on
0: Twitter. Lowest scoring game of all time. But you'll actually be proud of me, I think. I know. Like, well, okay. So, first of all, why yeah. didn't – well, if you're not proud of me for this for thing, will you be proud of me, father? <laughs> see that? It was a good joke because you're actually father. Okay. Yes. Uh, why didn't you watch the Super Bowl? What's wrong with you?
1: It's just uh, I didn't watch, like, any football games all season. So, basically, my dad's from Cleveland, So they never make the playoffs. So who cares? And my mom's not a uh, football fan. And so even though I live in the great city of Pittsburgh and it's a big deal for us overall, for me personally, it's
0: just not not a big deal for me. Okay, fine. I guess it makes sense. It's the one day you work a week on Sundays Mm -hmm. and that's when most of the games are. What do you do the rest of the week?
1: Text you about what we're going to talk about on the next Forte Catholic. And I just kind of pray about that the entire time. Like, how can I be a better co host for Taylor Schwurl?
0: And do you think that is working?
1: I mean, think about how bad I would be if I didn't spend all that time.
0: Yeah, that's eh? that's terrifying. That's terrifying. Yeah. The Super Bowl, I watched it. I this is why you'll be proud of me. I had friends over. That I mean, that maybe you should be proud of me. I actually have friends still. That's that's the real Excellent. miracle in all of this.
1: Yeah, a little bit proud, yeah.
0: We had uh, We had friends over. It was an absolute blast. I watched this video from Trey N Kennedy, a uh, comedian yesterday about like mm-hmm. the people that come to Super Bowl parties. We had all of them. The, okay, s- yeah. the small talker, the guy who like just wants to go like play catch. I was the guy who like thinks I can coach and play better than them. like, what are you doing? It's like these geniuses coaching and these like massive men. like I'm a pretty big dude. I am small compared to those dudes on the field. <laughs> so that was me. then we had the just commercials people we had the just halftime people, so it was fun watching this comedy video come to fruition in my home <laughs> but we had, a, we had a blast watching it together, but I actually didn't realize something, this is why you should be proud of me, today was the Super like last year the Super Bowl was on February 4th, okay, okay. so my time hop popped up and on February 4th I just scrolled and scrolled and scrolled and scrolled of all of my tweets during last year's game, right, I tweeted zero times and I put up one video on Instagram of, like, us singing Maroon 5 together because we were all, like, you know, late 20s, early 30s. And it's like, these are the songs that were when we were in junior high. This is fun. Yay! <laughs> so I didn't realize that I actually spent time with people that i was in a room with i did it hey you should be, hey. very, you should be very proud of me thank good you good job thank being you. a human yeah so i was pretty pretty proud of myself there the game was pretty boring but like mm-hmm. the last six minutes was very exciting you know what else a lot of people can see as boring but then the last six minutes are like a pretty pretty uh, big climax part any idea
1: if you say the mass you're going to hell
0: The Mass. So, most people say that the Mass is, you know, it it can be boring at times. I've even said this a lot, where it's like the Mass can be boring. The homily could be terrible. uh, It could be about things like being a prophet and then leaving early. It could, you know, Mm -hmm. the music could be bad. Like, whatever the situation is, it can be a rough experience. But at the end of the day, I got Jesus in the body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist, right? There you go. Um, I want to use today's show the last few minutes we have here in this first segment and then uh, in the second segment we're gonna be talking to dave david bates he talks like this i'm very excited to talk to him. he he talks mm-hmm. about the jesus like this and it just sounds so much better than when i talk because I, yes. I sound like this and i'm just a you know little texas kid and then in the third segment we're gonna talk about the mass today i have thoughts I actually had a really cool experience in Mass this Sunday, like with my children around. That never happens, so I'm excited to share that (laughs) with y'all. But there has been a note in my notes that we have to tackle first since like November or December. You have talked about it on your on that other little podcast you do, and on your on your Twitter feed that I think you have like eight followers on or something like that. Lyrically
1: (laughs) speaking, check us out.
0: I was mad at you. You're like your last episode. You were like, no one should listen to any other podcast other than clerical speaking. I'm like, Father Anthony, you're on another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's very confusing because then you like share it out and you have like more than eight followers i think it's like nine or ten now and like they yeah. go and listen to it i'm like well, I- i'm very confused about your actions okay you've been on this odd orientum kick for a while i went to an odd orientum mass for the first time like two weeks after you started talking about it publicly and i was like uh. wait did you it's the fix in. Did you call this priest and
1: have him do it? Yep, it's it's the great unstoppable tradening. Uh, Taylor, what what is Odd Orientum, what, what is that?
0: I was about to ask you that same question, but... <laughs> <laughs>
1: wait, wait, okay, okay, you all, me,
0: uh, all I, this, this is my understanding. You tell me how wrong I am. It's when the priest does what a lot of my friends did in junior high. They turn their back on on the people. So <laughs> that's, that's what I see as odd Orientum. Yeah,
1: so, so y- some people would describe it as that, but it's from Latin basically meaning towards the east. And the idea is that instead of facing the people during the mass, the priest faces with the people towards God symbolically speaking toward the east it might not be exactly directionally east but the idea is you're facing towards God together with the people
0: okay rebuttal you've already kind of addressed one one of one rebuttal but it, yeah. it, not good enough uh, okay it's like the word means look east and then I like pull up my compass on my on my yes. phone and it's like Northwest I'm like this is no, you need to have a silly Latin word for Northwest that you need to tell me. <laughs> like,
1: was, exactly, yeah.
0: And it's like, it's symbolic. And I'm like, then, what, then why does it matter? And then it's the second rebuttal, Okay. I, I don't remember it. Keep going. <laughs> so basically, uh, you know,
1: most of the ancient churches, when they first started building them, they started building them facing east so that the people and the priests could face east. Now, sometimes when you need to build a church, you just don't have the room or the space or the geography to... Face east. So then it becomes something that's kind of symbolic. And the reason why facing east is a big deal at all. The reason why is that the idea is, uh, it began by facing toward um, either Jerusalem or facing toward Mount of Olives. And most Christians were just west of that. The idea was Jesus is going to come back um, and the location he might come back at is uh, Mount Olives. That's also where the passion began. Later, just to make it easier, face east, because the rising sun symbolizes the resurrection, and also the rising sun symbolizes Jesus' return at the end of time.
0: Okay, well, you finally got one after all of the. Uh, the that's actually a good one. I'll, I'll get yeah. behind that one. Okay, I remembered one of the other <laughs> rebuttals. We're facing towards God. It's like God isn't only east. <laughs> like, <you> know, like, <laughs> right. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like here's the thing. Like which direction are you going to face? Like it makes sense. It's a question that we've lost the importance of. Ancient peoples like what direction do you pray? It matters because we are embodied creatures. Our senses tell us things. That's why people like to pray with an icon in front of them, or they like to pray um, with a crucifix in front of them or something. Which direction are you facing? It helps you pray.
0: Oh, I remember the other rebuttal. I remember the other, this is more important. Me yelling is more important. Dang it, I forgot it. This is tremendous radio. Hello, everyone driving in your car. My name is Taylor. I'm usually a fairly decent radio and podcast host, but Taylor last night, uh, his son was uh, sick, so he slept in one room, and we didn't want the daughter to get sick, so the daughter slept... In, in daddy's bed, and daughter used to be so easy to like snuggle with at night. All she does is kick now. I was up all <laughs> night, and my brain doesn't work, and Father Anthony's trying to help, and I appreciate him trying to help, but all I want to do is yell about looking east at church. Okay, <laughs> here's the other thing. You said that we have to be looking east because when Jesus comes back, we have to yeah. be able to see it. He's coming on the clouds with fire and chariots and horses. We're going to see it no matter what direction we're looking. Okay. Right,
1: right, correct. <laughs> so like all things, you know, this is to help us out is the idea um, <laughs> that by orienting ourselves facing towards the east, we're reminding ourselves that we are a pilgrim people, and we are looking forward and moving forward towards that day when Jesus comes again. So, of course, when Jesus comes again, are you going to know about it? Yes. But right now, we are dumb, and we forget things. So our rituals and the way we pray should remind us of eternal truths. That's why we do it.
0: Okay, so finally, my experience. I didn't think I was going to like it. I. I I actually did, so I went. I went to actually kind of neat, isn't it? Yeah. Here was the thing. Here was the thing. I I have always been a big proponent, like on the show and just in my life, of. I am very happy about being Catholic because if you love the Latin mass, you can go to the Latin Mass. If you love it in English, you can go to English. If you love it in Spanish, you can go in Spanish. Yes. If you love folk music for whatever reason, you can go to a Mass with that. If you love praise and worship music, you can go to a Mass with that. If you love 70s David Haas music, you can go to like there's something for everybody, and like everybody has their natural way to pray. It's one of my favorite things. The reason I liked odd orientum was because for me it was different. And it was new and it mm-hmm. it, it took me out of my routine at mass, and I started being able to focus on different things. One, it made me focus more because I was like, "Oh, this is interesting. What's going on?" This is my first experience yeah. with this, so I was pretty attuned to it. But also, like, I started being able to pray with some of these things, like, "Oh, the priest is uh, representing Christ for us," and I was like, "A lot of these things that are that are true that I don't like struggle with believing." But it was just another avenue yep. to understand those things. So I, I'm totally down with it. I'm totally down yep. with it, and I, I liked. The ballad, because I've said before, like I'm not a big fan of mass in other languages, whether it's Spanish or Latin or whatever. I like, I'm a big words person, so I like understanding the words, but I like some of these old traditions coming sure. back within the English mass, and I actually did appreciate it. So, uh, with all there that yelling, up. I actually did kind of enjoy it. <laughs> Good. Whew! The funny thing, though, I already talked about the oldest two children and how they made me very tired. The baby only made my wife tired, but at this mm. mass that we went to, <laughs> <laughs> so it's this big reverential, this holy, this holy part of mass. Like, you know, he elevates the host and my one-year-old daughter goes, wow, in the middle yeah. of all of the silence. So yeah. we we very much enjoyed it. So that's th- awesome. I have waited for two months to talk to you about my odd orientum feelings. I finally got it off my chest. I feel better. Uh, Good. Uh, and I'm still very tired. But we will be back with the one and only David Bates. We're going to talk to him about C.S. Lewis and why he talks like this. All right, we'll be right back my goodness. January is already over. That means it's February. And that means that it's almost Valentine's Day. And boy, do we have a deal for you. If you go right now to ForteCatholic.com slash beard, you can get in on these special Valentine's Day bundles. Do it quick so you get it on time. Here's the deal. There are three different bundles. Yes, three like the Trinity. So if you have a significant other that you are going to be sharing this Valentine's Day with, we have a bundle for you that have these awesome vinyl stickers. All of this is inspired by the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart. You get stickers of those. They are so sweet looking. And you get a beard balm for the dude. You get a lotion bar for the ladies. But also, we are not couplesist. I think that's a word. We're not couplesist here at Forte Catholic. If you are alone and sad this Valentine's and want to be alone but less sad, you can get the Just for Men bundle, which is the beard balm and the stickers, or the for Just for Women bundle, which is the lotion and the stickers. You can be less sad and hang out with your friends at like Valentine's Day, or if you're a dude, just play video games or something. But. Your beard slash skin will look slash feel amazing. Plus, because I like you people so much, you get 11% off your order. ForteCatholic.com slash beard. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. This is your host, Taylor Schroll. Father Anthony didn't abandon me for the interview this time, so he is still with me. And so, hey, hello, <laughs> so is today's guest. the I guess that we've been trying to get on the show since 4-28-2018. Four is what month, Father Anthony?
1: January, February, March, and April. It's April.
0: It, wait, is that is that a real song or did you make that up?
1: It's a song, you know, like January, February, March, and April. May, and June, it's the only way I can remember months, yeah, it's a song.
0: It's I the it in, like, only way you can remember months.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> I also have to sing the alphabet song whenever I'm trying to find a letter as well.
0: <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't do that one. I've never heard the months one. But uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, enough with you, Father Anthony. David Bates is here. <laughs> David Bates, how Hello. are you, sir?
2: I'm very well. Thank you. Uh,
0: please stop <laughs> doing that fake British accent. We all know you're from Southern California. Why are you speaking like that?
2: Uh, because I was born and raised in England uh, before I came to. Bless America with my presence, fine tea, and sophisticated ways.
0: Okay, very good. You're very sophisticated. But I do have to point out you're trying to poke fun at at America, but you chose America over England. So, I mean, you already won our argument
2: for us. No, I'm just in mission territory. When people ask me why I came here, I just say I'm a cultural missionary.
0: So the, the church is doing very well in England. You left it in good hands.
2: There are other
0: people taking care of (laughs) me. We'll we'll let God handle that. Okay, so this is strange how we met. We have mutual friends in the guys over at the Catholic Man Show, and they messaged me with no context and said, you should be friends with David Bates and have him on your show. And I was like, I I don't know what that is, but I friended you on Facebook, and then I sent you a message, and this is the message I sent you. So I've never interviewed a self-proclaimed unemployed hobo. That's all I said. And you replied, well, you should uh, interview someone that I don't know. And I said, I don't know who that is. Then you finally started figuring out what you're doing. In Facebook Messenger, it says who you are and then your title. That was your title. Why were you a self-proclaimed unemployed hobo?
2: Because I think at the time I had quit my job in Seattle, went to England, then Spain to Spain the Camino de Santiago. So I had walked across Spain and then I came back to America. And I was without a job for a while and was an unemployed hobo. I'm very proud but, of you. But a little bit after that, I did get a job again. So <laughs> <laughs> I like nice things. So I decided to probably better get a job.
0: <laughs> you figured it out. And actually, like, because I pointed it out, you went and changed your job title. But I, I have photographic evidence of this. And whenever <laughs> we whenever we post the show this week, I'm going to post the picture of you saying that you're a self-proclaimed Hobo. You know, many people like whenever Father Anthony isn't wearing his clerics, people actually mistake him for an unemployed hobo because of the long hair and the mustache and beard. It's true. Yes. It's very very true. So then like I was just very forward with you because I knew that if you were friends with Adam and David over at the Catholic Man Show, you (laughs) had to have a little bit of of fun behind you. So I I said, well,
2: and a tough skin.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Those guys. She's Louise. Uh, so I, I just said, why does Adam like you? What makes you likable to strange Oklahomans? What saith you?
2: I think I'm quite a nice guy. Um, <laughs> I, had, I had gone camping with uh, Dave and Adam, and we would bonded over that. We had shared some whiskey, and they had had me on their show to talk about the early church fathers. So what's not to like?
0: Nothing. You seem very likable. And I think it's because, it's because of the accent. We have this theory on the, of, about accents on the show that, uh, you know, let, let's say, are you a married man? No, I'm not. I'm very sorry. Or or congratulations, I'm not sure. However, you want to take that. (laughs) Uh, So it's work in progress. Yeah. So, like, you know, like my wife probably thinks I'm a six or seven, but if I had an accent, it'd be like an eight. It always adds two points, right? For for you, you didn't like you didn't use it in looks. You used it for because you're very bright and you share you share the faith in a very bright way. uh, The very opposite of Forte Catholic, so we like to have a little bit of yin and yang, which is why we had you on. So when I was talking to you about it, you were like, "Well." I have a British accent, I wear glasses, and I used to have a beard. I was the most believable person in the entire world.
2: <laughs> uh, yes, when I, when I moved back from Seattle, I shaved off my beard because uh, I live in San Diego where you don't need a beard because it's sunny the entire time. But uh, given the terrible weather we've had recently, I have been thinking <laughs> about growing it again because the weather has been down into you know, the 50s.
0: All of our Midwest listeners just tuned out. Thanks, David. I really really appreciate that. Uh, And then at the the end of our introduction, you spelled color wrong. I told you you were incorrect. You said Her Majesty degrees. I instantly called you a tyrant. By the way, we had met six minutes before this. (laughs) I'd already called you a tyrant. You responded with a gif of the Queen laughing at me. And then we stopped talking for like seven months. Did I like uh, hurt your feelings or something or did you just forget about me?
2: No, not at all. We were, I was just waiting for a response from the colonies. That's typically <laughs> how it happens.
0: You do realize that it's not like in the olden days. Like you don't need to wait six months for a ship to return with a bottle with my message in it.
2: <laughs> okay. Well I was, waiting, I was waiting for some retaliation, like despoiling some tea.
0: Yeah, I will dump all of your tea out in some lake, because apparently that's what we do when we're angry. America.
2: As, as long as it's Lipton's, I don't care.
0: <laughs> you think it was Lipton's tea they threw out into Boston, huh?
2: No, but it's, <laughs> it was the only tea that I could find for the longest time when I first came to America.
0: All right, so let's talk about what you actually do. You have this website called Restless Pilgrim. I believe it's mm-hmm. .net. It's very impressive. Yep. Uh, And then you do a podcast as well. So uh, first of all, what is a restless pilgrim and MI1? Uh,
2: You are quite possibly one. Uh, I chose the name because I had just started this website after moving to America. And all of my friends and family back in England were thinking that I was losing my mind. But I've always felt very attracted to the idea that there is something within us that knows that we're not made for this world. And that means no matter how good anything is in this world, we know that we were made for more. And so I thought of myself as a restless pilgrim. And when I went into the early church fathers, I found this idea throughout them, particularly in the the early days, in the epistle to Diognetus, the author says that Christians, they don't have any of their own cities. Uh, They put up with everything as foreigners. He says, every foreign land is their home, and every home, a foreign land, they spend their days on earth, but hold their citizenship in heaven. So that idea has just always been very attractive to me, and it's generally been how I've approached theology.
0: I told everybody at the beginning of this that you were much smarter than, than Father Anthony and I. No one on this show has ever said anything close to the epistle of diagnosis Like, that... I'm like 50, 50 that that exists, but because of your accent and glasses, I 100% believe that that exists. And again, I'm very proud of you. Uh, So the restless part, I I, I get the pilgrim, but you are a pilgrim. And then like, you know, we had the spiritual side as well. Like we don't belong here. The restless part, I feel, I, I feel restless often. So what is that piece of it for you?
2: Well, I think if you went into Augustine in the Confessions, it's that famous line. He says, you made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts will wander restless until they rest in you. Now, part of that resting in God become part of that resting in God happens when we become a Christian. But it's a constant abiding that we need to keep coming back to. But it's also a preparation for the resting in God for eternity. And that kind of resting is only going to happen with the beatific vision when we're in heaven with God. So this side of the veil, always expects a little bit of restlessness, because all of the great things of this world, all of the wonderful things that God has given us, they weren't meant to be ends in themselves, but to point to him and to an eternity with him, which was the very reason for which we were made.
1: So yeah, speaking of uh, St. Augustine, it says you have uh, on your website, you have two podcasts, one, The Restless Heart, which I assume refers to uh, Augustine, and then The Eagle and the Child, which I believe is a reference to Tolkien. What are
2: those two podcasts about? Uh, So The Restless Heart, that went into a little bit of uh, – that went into mothballs when my co-host moved. Uh, The other podcast has carried on. We actually renamed it from The Eagle and Child to Pints with Jack when we had Ah. to get a domain and we couldn't find an Eagle and Child one. Uh, But that podcast is all about C.S. Lewis, as you Uh, pointed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so The the Eagle and Child was the name of the pub – where Lewis would meet with Tolkien and all of the other Inklings on Tuesday mornings to read their work and to discuss literature. And so what we do in the podcast is, together with my co-host Matt, we're working our way through Lewis's works chapter by chapter. Because when Matt and I met each other, we met at a party and started talking about C.S. Lewis, because that's what I tend to do at parties. Mm -hmm. I'm that excited. (laughs) That guy at parties. Oh, yes. And I had wanted to start a local C.S. Lewis reading group for ages, and I just procrastinated. But when I met Matt, I realized, well, even if it's just the two of us, this is going to be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So we ended up starting a local group that met in a coffee shop, and I advertised it on Facebook. And people then started reaching out to me who weren't in the San Diego area, asking if we could set up a webcam or some way they could interact with it remotely. And that was a little bit too difficult. But Matt and I then decided that we should probably start a podcast so we could so people that were out of state and out of San Diego could participate virtually. Plus, it would give us a little bit more time to really break down what's happening in each chapter.
0: I have a few just uh, a list of things that popped out to me of what you're saying. First of all. Um, one day, I hope that you know this, David, uh, just as as uh, Tolkien and C.S. Lewis met there and people, you know, the pub there is, is well known, one day people will look back and say... Look at that Forte Catholic. Look at all those people that, that were on there just talking about the Jesus so eloquently and saying words like epistle to diagnosis and uh, confessions of Aquinas. Like, you're part of history, David. I, I'm just really happy for you. Uh, also, Thank you. Here, here's the next piece. I, I, this, this is con- I want to ask you if you're doing this on purpose. For us Americans, uh, accents sound very similar between England and Australia. You have a show called Pints with Jack. I, I know of another podcast called Pints with Aquinas, uh, and your your co host is even named Matt. So everybody knows Matt Fred from the Pints of with Aquinas podcast. He too has an accent. So are you doing this on purpose?
2: Yes, my goal is to purposely com- confuse Americans. <laughs> and uh, Continue to uh, uh, make accents just elusive. <laughs> it's, it's funny. When I, when I give talks, I, I go around and give talks on evangelization, scripture, church history, and Lewis. And by and large, I will get at least one question about my accent. And this is basically my life, that when I meet an American for the first time, they will usually take a swing at what they think my accent is, and they will usually guess Australian. Uh, Indonesia? <laughs> <laughs> well, my friend Joy, when I first moved here, I met her. Times over the course of about a month. Every single time she forgot she had met me, she forgot my accent and asked me the same question. It's like, Hi, my name's Joy. Where, I love your accent. You from Australia? <laughs> it's like Joy from Finding clo- Nemo. <laughs> yeah, she's now one of my closest friends.
0: <laughs> she doesn't know it, but she is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one more follow up on that. How do we differentiate between Australian accents and English accents? What's the
2: difference? There are a few telltale signs. First of all, if they keep going up at the end of every sentence, like they're always asking a question, then they're probably Australian. <laughs> <laughs> and when there are diphthongs, when you've got a bunch of vowels together, Australians will just freak out and go crazy over them. So for example, I would say something is great. If you're an Australian, you say it's great. Okay. <laughs> like, really ride that out.
0: This is really going to help me in all future conversations in airports. <laughs> And, and boats. I do lots of boating. I just finished reading Screwtape Letters again. Actually, like I read it when I was in college, and now there's this thing called Audible where you pay people $10 to read to you for multiple hours. Uh, so I just went through it again. It's, it's been one of the most influential spiritual works in my life. So uh, I actually just talked about it on the show a few weeks ago. But I want you, since you are the Lewis guy, uh, he can't speak for himself anymore, so it's all up to you now. Uh, why should people read
2: Lewis? Why should people read Lewis? Put simply, he's just wonderful. He is, he's, he's such a lucid writer and he communicates some very difficult concepts through beautiful prose poetry. Uh, for example, in the Screwtape Letters, there's a wonderful study on human psychology and spiritual battle, the way in which we fool ourselves into choosing bad options. It's the way we trick ourselves into sinning and the way that uh, the enemy does this our own lives and you could read a book that would give you lots of good advice to say don't do this don't do this don't do this do do this etc but there's something about when the teaching is couched in the form of a story one it engages you and two you see it for the silliness that it is so in the podcast at the moment we're going through the great divorce which is it's the story of these ghosts these souls of people who come to heaven and they visit And you see in each case why they turn back from heaven, basically why they end up choosing something other than heaven. And when you're reading it, you're thinking, these guys are crazy. They're on the threshold of heaven. Infinite joy is offered to them. Why are they choosing something else? But much like the screw tape letters, these are the same kinds of decisions that we make all the time. When we either try and stand on our own righteousness, when we cease asking questions because we actually want to hear the answers when we place the love of things or people when we place those things over and above our love of god we will end up choosing those things rather than the ultimate good which is god and lewis is wonderful at doing those in his stories he actually described the chronicles of narnia and his space trilogy as a means of sneaking past our watchful dragons so either if you're a skeptic or if you're a christian you end up learning a message that you would otherwise very quickly just switch off to. You you would stop paying attention, but a story draws you in and helps you learn that lesson more deeply.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I guess uh, Great Divorce is going to have to be my next book because I, I just love Screw Tape so, so much. I, uh, I fell in love with Narnia. We're, we're, we're about out of time, but I, I do have one follow-up question for you uh, in regards to Narnia. I don't know if you or anybody else has ever thought of this, but uh, there's this lion in the book. Have you ever, like, I, I just had this great spiritual breakthrough. I, I, I believe he is the character of Jesus. Has, have you or anybody else in, in the study of Lewis ever made this connection?
2: I have heard that some people try and make that argument, and I think it's a good one. Although we would have to be very careful not to call it allegory, because Lewis would not have said this was allegory. He described it as an imaginative supposal. He says, let let us suppose that the second person of the Trinity wanted to incarnate himself into a world of talking beasts. What would that be like? And Tolkien would talk about applicability. What we're doing is we're seeing this play out and then learning deep spiritual truths from it.
0: And he's brilliant at it. And I've actually uh, picked up a couple episodes of your show, and I have really enjoyed it. So uh, how can people go find that? Uh,
2: The one-stop shop is pintswithjack.com. There you'll find links to our podcast. We're on all the major platforms. And we're also about halfway through releasing a series of videos. We have a 12-part video series where we're just talking about some of the major themes inside Mere Christianity. And so our goal in releasing that was for people to watch an eight minute video, realize that Lewis has something of worth to offer. And then they listen to the podcast and listen to a half hour episode and then realize that Lewis is such a genius that they should go out and buy the books or pay people adorable to read. them.
0: There you go. Well, I'm going to do it, guys. Go check it out. All right. We will be right back for our final segment of the day. David, thanks so much for coming on.
2: Thank you for inviting me.
0: All right. We will be right back in three minutes. Don't go anywhere. Let's be honest. You need some new socks. We all need new socks. Like all the socks that I own uh, have like holes in them and then they mismatch. You need to go to ForteCatholic.com slash socks, S-O-C-K-S, And you can get all of the amazing Catholic socks from Sock Religious. You can also get a nice little 15% off. You can find out how to do that, fortecatholic.com slash socks. I am currently wearing my St. Michael socks. They are fantastic, and they make me much cooler than I actually am. If you, too, have the desire to be cool, you can get there with Sock Religious, fortecatholic.com slash socks. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. This is your host Taylor Stroll with co-host for the day, Father Anthony Serapa. I feel Hello. I feel like uh, like you're a big wrestling fan. I feel like one day yeah. I should I should like get the announcer to to like intro you for the show.
1: Yeah, you should totally get some fancy announcer to give me the champions intro. Get someone who's
0: get someone who's good at talking instead of Taylor to do the same <laughs> <thing. laughs> Okay, so we talked in our first segment about uh, the old Odd Orientum Mass and how the Mass was just like soup, the Super Bowl. If you missed that, go check it out on the podcast if you're listening <laughs> on the radio. It's a wonderful, wonderful connection that Father Anthony didn't like. So, And then in the last segment, we talked to David Bates, who talks like this, and it makes me really happy that he came on the show. Thanks, David. You are the man. Go check out his website and all that jazz. Aslan is Jesus. Hashtag Aslan is Jesus. Okay. Um, Father Anthony, <clears throat> there yes. are, there are these things called high school students. Have you heard of them? Uh, I have. Yes. What are your thoughts and feelings on, on, uh, on the old uh, high school chaps? Um, I mean,
1: it's good. You shouldn't stay there forever, but you know, if you're going to be there for like four years, I understand.
0: I don't think they have much of a choice, but thank you for your input. So, uh,
1: well, I don't think it's much of a question, Taylor. What are you supposed to answer?
0: Oh, I thought it was a great question. I'm, you know what <laughs> I'm going to do? I'm going to ask every other co-host that question, and it will be a okay. secret game about who answers it the best. All right, I like, like it. Next week, what's up, co-host for the day? What is your <laughs> thoughts and feelings on the high school students? Okay, so as most people know, I work in the old youth ministry field, and we've ha- at our Catholic school— have been going through this series called something that i 'm too tired to remember called alteration it is A-L-T-A-R, Asian Al, like get it ah, it's, word an, it's an alter yes. and we want to alter our our uh, our experience of the mass like improve our experience of the mass uh, hmm. because like I mean, most people like don 't understand it or don't or are confused by it or are bored by it and like once you get to know it a little bit more and get to know more things about it and, like you know it 's the whole adage that the more things you know about someone, the more that you can love them, which so are like if we're experiencing God in mass and that is the pinnacle, the source and summit of our faith, then we should get to know it a little bit better, right? So yes. we have been doing that series and then uh, we actually just finished it up by watching uh, the video on the mass from the Catholicism series from Bishop Robert Barron. We like merged, uh, nice. merged the two, right?
1: Good old... Can I tell you my one problem with alteration?
0: <laughs> uh, sure.
1: Because I like it. I've seen it. It's very, very good. There's one problem with it. There's a priest on there. Now, while I'm the Pittsburgh's okayest priest, this priest is maybe the most magnificent priest, Father Mike Schmitz. Yes. I just get super jealous of Mike Schmitz. He's so cool. He's so smart. He says things so good and explains them so well. Like I want to dislike him but I can't because he's so good at being a priest. This so is, I need to confess so that. Yeah.
0: I, I want to I want to affirm you. Yeah. In your sin. Uh, because <laughs> because when I am jealous of someone, yeah. Like you said you want to dislike him but, but you but you do. I I just yeah. dislike th- the people like I like, I like <laughs> Father Mike. He's a good dude. Uh, but you're you're so like even in your in your struggles, you're you're a good person. I'm so proud you of gotta you.
1: Got to give it to him. You got to give it to him. He's just a great priest. So.
0: He is phenomenal. It's funny because uh, our kids call him the cornfield priest. <laughs> the, the what? The priest? cornfield priest. Because in Alteration, I think it's the first video where they see him. Oh, he's like yeah, running yeah. in these like wheat <laughs> or cornfields. And they're like, where's that priest going? You know? It's, where is he running? You know where he was going? And this is going to be a callback to our first segment. He was going to tell it on the mountain. He was running through oh, the valley. How beautiful. <laughs> How
1: beautiful are the feet of Father
0: Mike Schmitz going to tell it You home know home? who else likes Aquinas. Oh dang it! I messed it up. I was trying to do a transition that you do on your show. <laughs> you know who else likes running through fields? Quietus. <laughs> I ruined it. That was definitely an F. You failed that transition.
1: <laughs> I totally.
0: did. Uh, y'all get an F every other time <laughs> y'all do it. So I, <laughs> That's I feel, true. I we feel, were honest with ourselves. I feel like I'm uh, I'm a part of the crew now. Okay, so we've been watching this, and I really like. I had seen the alteration videos before. Uh, but the Catholicism series with Bishop Robert Barron, uh, I had never seen that one before. So, like, I'm watching this video and I'm like, "Wow, I didn't know that! Wow, I didn't know that! Wow, I didn't know that!" I, you know, I, I sounded like my daughter, my one-year-old daughter, in mass. Wow, <laughs> I was really, really excited about all of this. So, the first note that I have, I think, is pretty funny because I got into an argument, a very because I was confused with your co-host of uh clerically speaking i was like yes. what are you even talking about? words matter so i think we might have talked about on the show but i'm going to say something and i'll have you explain it bishop okay. robert Barron <clears throat> said yeah. liturgy is useless now that's an odd thing for a very good bishop to say what does yes. he mean padre
1: so liturgy is useless meaning it's not used for something else like A hammer is useful because it's a tool you use for something else. A painting is not useful. It's just good to look upon the beauty of the painting. You know, uh, It's useless in the sense that it's not used for something else. It's good just being what it is.
0: I, uh, I uh, now understand it.
1: <laughs> See, this bothers me just a little bit. Because I explained it to you, and so did Father Harrison over Twitter, and you just refused to listen. But some big fancy bishop says it in a fancy DVD, and you're like, oh, what a great point. No, That's so amazing. No, it changes the way I think about mass. Oh, I my goodness. I, like I still don't like it.
0: I still don't like No, no, you're not listening. I still don't like it. Like, I understand it more now. And here's okay. the thing. I want you to just backtrack a little bit in what you just said. Okay. We yeah. explained it to you on Twitter, <laughs> like that's the greatest yeah. way to explain this thing that I'm not understanding. <laughs> hey. he, he did it in a video with with churches behind him. Uh, he wins. Uh, you should be uh, jealous whatever. of him, but not too much, so as not to sin. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was the that was the first thing. The liturgy is useless. I mean, that's a great way to start off start off a video about the liturgy. The liturgy is useless. Oh, okay so we we even talked about it with some of our high school kids, and like even after he explained it so eloquently, uh, nice. we still had some conversations with the high school kids like, what did, like, I, what does he mean right? Because there was a good follow-up question for one of our kids, and I was like, I think I have that same question like is, don't we like I get the higher form of the mass like it's it's useless in that it doesn't have a use, it is good in its own sense, but like yeah. aren't we supposed to kind of use it in a way to grow closer to God?"
1: Yeah, It's like, yes and no. So the idea is our attitude. We should be worshiping God because God deserves worship. We should be loving God because God is good. Now, when we do that, we fulfill our like being as human beings. We, we do receive grace. We do get a lot of stuff out of it, but we shouldn't do it with that intention that make sense
2: yeah, yeah So yeah. our
1: attitude is one way but yeah we receive infinite graces and we get closer to god uh, by going to mass but we don't do it for that reason
0: it's just like uh, if you're looking if
1: you're looking at a beautiful painting you might um it might lead you to contemplation of the person that's painted or the landscape you might get something out of it but it's just good in and of itself
0: okay so uh, you talked about beautiful painting. I, I started thinking immediately again about mm-hmm. the Super Bowl yesterday. Right beforehand, ah. Gladys Knight sang the the national anthem, "The Star Spangled mm-hmm. Banner." I I have a confession to make. Yep. I I cried during it. Oh, and I have no idea why. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was really good. And yeah. I was tearing up, and I like went to go tell my wife, and I could not talk. Like I, I was like, <laughs> you know, "Like, and like <laughs> it's been 24 hours, I still have no idea why I cried."
1: What? I think going? that's something you need to bring to your spiritual director, Taylor, and just discuss what moved your soul to cry at the national anthem.
0: I'm I'm meeting I'm meeting with him tomorrow, but I have to reschedule. So maybe I will. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought you were going to help, but you you. I mean, I could
1: basically. <laughs> I can make stuff up. So, hey, this is making stuff up is like half my job. You just sit back, okay? So maybe it's because you were there with your friends and family. They were singing the national anthem. I was by it's myself. Because you. It's because you. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you're still with your family. And because that that anthem reminded you of your home and the fact that you can do these things in freedom, and it reminded you of of Texas, the America of America, and you were just. You're welled up with gratitude that you live where you live and you can do what you can do. Maybe that.
0: Or maybe it was jealousy because I wanted to be her in that moment. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Too. Maybe we had the same confession today. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> hey, look, we finally did it. I finally did a confession with you over the internet.
1: <laughs> You're not forgiven. Nothing is forgiven. Thank you. You also be told me podcast. I'm going to hell
0: earlier. That was wonderful.
1: I mean, <laughs> I strongly implied it.
0: No, no, you said you are going to hell if you say the mass, and I said the mass, so it wasn't applied (laughs) at all. Yeah, okay, yeah, I see where you're going with that. (laughs) I'm not going anywhere, it's already there. Okay, (laughs) uh, the next great point from the mass let's get back to this. Uh, a lot of this stuff in this series, because the whole point of this series is like, like, like again, to learn new things and be or be reminded of other things that we already knew. But that we we've never really prayed with or haven't with haven't recently. So, <clears throat> Bishop Brother Varon again so eloquently said, uh, "The fallen world is so defined by its division, and gathering brings us back together, and we sing together as one." And this mm-hmm. brings us kind of back to like some some of the tradition that I think has been lost in our church. Like I've n- <laughs> there's a lot of individualism. Like in myself, in myself as well, right? Like even going to Mass, it's like, I want to grow closer to God in this Mass, not I want to be a part of this community that is worshiping God yeah. together, right? And so that, that hit me uh, pretty hard, where it's like, we are divided in our world. We all know that. But not only did he say that this gathering brings us together, but like they showed in the video, they showed people in Africa, they showed people in America, they showed, uh, like, and then kind of like I mentioned earlier, like all these different uh, expressions of faith. They had a, 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 an African-American choir, they had uh, people hitting bongos in Africa, they had like a, a mass in New York City, and like all these different people, and it's like <clears throat> you know, race, uh, like the poor, the rich, the the yeah. the pretty like me, the mediocre like you. Like we can all come together. <laughs> uh, we can all come together at one in mass. I thought that was a pretty interesting point.
1: Yeah, I agree. All right. There's a, there's a story of a, of a hoity-toity Englishman who um, was converting to Catholicism, and he was still a young man, and he was telling his mom this, so he's going to convert to Catholicism. And she goes, uh, fine. The only problem is you'll be worshiping with the help implying that the Catholics in England were poor. Like that was the one thing that bothered her because at the mass, the poor and the rich worship together. And it was just kind of you know, just to further push that point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like it was in the gospel or something. I mean, like right? it, it's kind of crazy what? that that uh, we all kind of have blinders on certain spots about the gospel. We mm-hmm. should read it pretty mm-hmm. often and be like, how am I not living this out today? Because uh, there, every, every chapter there's something you ain't doing right, something I'm not doing right. So <laughs> read your Bibles, people. Um, this was pretty interesting. I had a, I had a great experience at mass with my entire family, like children are surrounding me and all over me. I had a great experience at mass this weekend with my family for the first time in a very, very long time. Like, yeah. and, uh, one piece of it was actually a reflection from, from these notes, from watching this Catholicism series. Mm-hmm. Cause we watched the first half last week, the second half today. And the last part of, of last week was a reminder that the creed is a prayer because yeah. like even like in the last six months or so, like when all the scandal stuff broke, like I, I kind of, I even talked on the show about how the creed meant so much to me that next week that mm-hmm. like, despite everything else going on, it was like, this is me publicly and all of us publicly saying, this is what I believe in. And I'm standing firm in this. I believe in one God, the father of me. I believe, I believe. And like... It was more of a statement of faith, and it always has been for me, which is a part of it. But I just kind of forgot that it was a prayer. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's, it's just so strange. It's like, what do you like? You thought we took a break, Taylor, from the mass, which is all prayer, and just like, like <laughs> I want to tell all That's these other really Catholics. Point, yeah. yeah, I want to tell all these other Catholics that I believe this, and they're like, "No way, me too." That was David Bates. Actually, <laughs> I was in mass with them. <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought that was pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, that's good because, you know, to be honest, that's probably how I normally default think of it, too. It's just like, oh, this is the stuff we believe. But no, we're, we're continuing to pray through that, that our belief would increase, all that good stuff. So, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I like it.
0: Yeah, me too. It wasn't mine, by the way. I'm just relating all these things that I learned from Bishop Robert Barrett. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the next part was pretty interesting. Uh, we, we heard this part today. Uh, I thought a lot about our Super Bowl party last night because, uh-huh. like, it's another. This is another thing where I felt really dumb when I read when I or when I listened to this video. It said that, you know, like the mass is like a dinner, like you have people over for dinner, you greet them, you talk to them, you get, and then you eat together, like if they're at a dinner party, right? And I was like, sure. oh, uh, oh, Super Bowl party! All these people came over. They walked in, we greeted, we talked to each other for a while. And then, after a few minutes, like all the food was ready, like we all ate together, then we went in, then we just continued talking. And I was like, oh, the Mass is like a Super Bowl party or it's like a dinner party, right? <laughs> and this is what Bishop Robert Barron was saying. It's like the first half of the Mass, literally the word, is this conversation. I always thought it was this one way, like God talking to us, but like so often, He speaks. Like, in, in the readings, like in the mm-hmm. Psalms, we all respond. In the Alleluia, yep. we respond. And then, yeah. like, I, I just thought it was just really interesting. He's like, this is the conversation, and then we have the meal in the mm-hmm. Eucharist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm going to constantly always think, and now that football's over, I'm going to be very sad. I'll be like, it's okay. I'm going to a Super Bowl party every Sunday at, uh, at the old Mass. So Isn't
1: that beautiful?
0: So, so, so beautiful. So, uh... I guess the, the last thing, the last thing that I will say
1: mm-hmm.
0: is the importance of that old body of Christ. There was a okay. there was a Flannery O'Connor. She's there's a quote that she says in or that, that he quotes in here. It says, If that body of Christ is just a symbol, she said, This is a quote, to hell with it, right? And she was yeah. with a lot of not like non-denominational Protestant people, and she was like, If this is just a symbol Then to hell with it! Like this doesn't actually mean anything to me. We should get rid of it, right? So, yeah, I I just thought this was really cool. I had a great experience at mass. I'll share a little bit more about the the uh, intricacies of that next week. But uh, I like learning more about the mass and diving into it more. And I am very, very, very happy for priests like you. Oh, very, very sweet. All right, that's that's just it for the day, Brother Anthony. Thanks for coming on. You are so much fun. Tons of fun, as always. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah. I also love that every time you lift your hands, people can't see yeah. it. And I can't oh. see your hands, but I see the, ref- like the shadow of your hand in the back. <laughs> what a tremendous close to this show that Taylor did on One Hour of Sleep. I love you all, and you should all love the Jesus more. Say it. Hello, friends, and thank you for listening to today's show. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you like the show, two things. Go rate and review and subscribe to the show in iTunes. It'll take you 30 seconds and make my life so much better than it already is. Thank you so much in advance. I thanked you in advance so that if you don't do it, you feel guilty. I mean, you're still listening at this point. You've got to like me at least some bit. Give me at least four stars, maybe even five. Okay. The other thing is Patreon is a thing. It is a membership site. Patreon.com slash Catholic. You give me some money, and let's be real. Every time you give me money, you're just giving it to my wife and my children. You give a few dollars to me every month just saying thank you for the show. I mean, it's like a dollar a show if you give $5 a month. I mean, kind of hot. Uh, you get all kind of bonus stuff, though. I spent—I just spent like another hour editing just the Patreon stuff, 15, may, some would even say 16 minutes of extra content from this show in between segments with David Bates, with Father Anthony, We go back and forth, kind of stuff that we uh, can't say on the show. It's an absolute blast. Go over there. Check it out. Bye. I love you.